You're listening to Kiwi Roots Rugby Podcast. Let's go! Okay, welcome back to Kiwi Roots Rugby Podcast. Uh, your host here, Scott Poynton, and my good mate, Felix Filippo. <laughs> um, cool, so today we're just going to cover a little bit of homework again. I've got my jingle all ready for Geordie Barrett, who made our Form 15 three weeks in a row. So well done to you, my man, Geordie. Um, <laughs> and then Felix is going to have his one ready uh, for... Adi Savia and Sami Karevi on our next podcast. So let's go. Um, should we just tuck straight into that, and then we'll move on to some other chat? So, are you ready, Felix, for this? Mate, I was born ready. Let's born go, Jordy Barrett. Okay, here it is. Jordy Barrett featuring Scott Poynton. <laughs> yourself haven't you <laughs> and i just got a text right at the end there so i'm gonna message that person back and be like why you just ruined my live feed <laughs> so there you go barrett might that's what barrett I it. might nice work dude oh he's gotta be he's gotta be pretty stoked with that <laughs> there could have been one actually for all of them because they all really fit into that category but so i tried to make sure i brought it back around to geordie 
I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I knew the the Pokemon theme song was was making an appearance. Oh, Not yeah. this. I, d- I didn't Thank pick you. it for this week, but it was. Yeah, I had a feeling it was gonna make an appearance. So yeah. Well done, Scotty. Thanks, man. Now I got my next theme song ready to rock. I just got to rewrite some lyrics. So, and I just need a player. So let's see what Ooh. happens today with our um, our uh, what do you call it? Competition fifteen that we're gonna name as well. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go hopefully that catches on and I don't know brings in the listeners that's what we want man okay so should we jump into this rugby championship um, how good was it to see international rugby back on the scene well yeah we spoke about it earlier didn't we um, there were really you know three teams that were just neck and neck um, and just giving it to each other I think all three of those teams just um, brought the best out of each other and, you know, gave some extra life to Southern Hemisphere rugby. Um, Yeah, bloody exciting. Um, I can't wait to get stuck into the Tournament 15 just because there have been so many standout players, so hard to pick one in each position, but that's what we're going to try and do later on, aren't we, Scotty? Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. Um, but it was so good to see, um, well, the interesting thing about them bringing the competition to one country um, was quite a cool change, I thought. And I think the, the viewers were actually getting such a deal watching two matches in a row. I mean, even for me as someone sitting at home, I was loving the double header, just sitting up on the couch for like <laughs> three or four hours. Well, it was probably longer than that. <laughs> An excuse to just sit still for... <laughs> all those minutes and just watching oh, quality incoming um, couch guy meme coming up soon with your face on it Scotty <laughs> <laughs> hard out although this time was different because you know prepping for the podcast I had my phone up and I was writing all these notes and I was trying to look at the game from a totally different angle instead of just sitting back chugging back the beers and enjoying it for what it is no you're right it does change it quite a bit doesn't it mm. And you're, yeah. you're just you're you're not just following the the ball. You're seeing the guys surrounding the ball and the guys who are looking for space out wide. So yeah, mm. you can't really you can't really relax when you're doing it, eh? But um, I've enjoyed this this entire championship. There's storylines left, right, and centre from epic returns to yeah. newbies coming uh, coming out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know where to start, but I think we should. Yeah, well, should we start with the Pumas? Um, I think it's safe to say everyone was, you know, kind of disappointed in the way their results went. Um, they didn't quite play with the same, uh, I guess, cohesion or, you know, um, yeah, yeah, that, that we're used to seeing from them. They weren't, mm. um, what's the word, probably as creative in the back line as we're used to seeing. You know, because yeah. they, yeah. they usually play quite a fast-paced game themselves. And man, yeah. they're dangerous when they get their offload game going, and their combinations are just you know marrying up like a like a sweet sweet marinade. No. <laughs> but um, no, no. but um, yeah. And I, I I actually reckon it was you know mainly because the Hagawides team isn't in the super competition. The guys are all dispersed everywhere. I reckon yeah. that's got to have a factor in there. Uh, I think this, yeah, they'll be looking at this season as like as a black spot in their proud history, given that they've been so competitive um, mm. in recent history. So, 
yeah, things to look at if you're in the front office of Argentina. But you know, I I still I still uh, credit the players for coming out and you know uh, competing every week. Eh? Yeah, not easy when um, you're playing three world class teams back to back to back like that. Um, yeah, well, so, it's, yeah. Also, it's also been um, talked about a lot in the media with um, you know the struggles of traveling and being away from home for so long and um i guess missing your families and you know they've pretty much become their own sort of family for gosh how long were they away for must have been already 10 weeks or so because you've got quarantine to fit in there as well so yeah it, it must be a challenge man or could it be as, um as a- i was just gonna say could it be checker could he be the blame? Could it be Checker <laughs> being haunted only, by uh, being back in his own backyard? <laughs> He's the only difference that I can think of as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the introduction of Checker and it's gone downhill. Oh, hmm. man. We're not anti-Australian on this podcast, by the oh, way. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you could be onto something. One thing I wanted to touch on, though, is is it really a test if you're not having to play in your opponent's home yard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Having to go in such a hostile environment and, and you know, the crowd is against you, you're really having to lift your spirits up somehow yeah. and just not having that element, that, that typical test element in there. I, I don't know if, if it's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, but it's, it certainly showed that there's something quite different about this rugby championship yeah. uh, being yeah. played as a more of a tournament style in one location yeah i guess you know some of the chat that's been floating around as of late is that it is a good thing and like you said well bang for your buck if you're a guy sitting you know sitting oh, in yeah. the stands <laughs> so can't can't be all bad no nah. well the crowds weren't really that full you could see it from from the tv i mean they seemed to fill up for the second game i don't know what that was the first game was i know it just wasn't as full so I don't know, maybe people are preloading because the prices of alcohol are so expensive <laughs> in the bars and getting the feed in. Oh, Is my it? thoughts exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of odd, eh? But the crowd really... from New yeah. Zealand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah it's like 20 bucks a beer. God damn it all. Um, no, that's, yeah, that's fair enough, eh? Yeah. But you're right, the, the crowd can make a difference, man. Even the players talk about them you know, being that 16th man or that 24th man, however you want to describe yeah. it. But yeah. when the crowd's going and, you know, you've got five minutes to go and you're bloody knackered, you know, you certainly play for for those moments and they can really lift you, eh, and boost you. That's it. Uh, yeah, man. But, I mean, if we just cover some of their, some of their seasonal stats so far, I, I, mean, I don't know if you noticed, but they only scored five tries in the rugby championship. It's quite quite sad isn't it <laughs> seeing that stat um, very yeah rare. things things to work on <laughs> in that camp um I, I don't know where you go to from there you 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 clear out the coaching off uh office i, I don't i don't know um these players are almost too good for those sort of performances don't you think yeah oh, i agree man. i mean they had six yellow cards they almost had a yellow card every game so they were down a man for 10 minutes every game and that's yeah. got to be hard to, to come back from when you're, you're already fit facing world-class opponents and you're down a man. Um, yeah, it's got to hurt. But, um, yeah, their stats sort of reflect, I guess, the way they played uh, versus the other team. Like, 
all the, I mean, New Zealand are on the complete other spectrum, scoring 28 tries total. So it just shows you the, the difference in, um, I guess, um, <clears throat> accuracy and, and yeah. you know, finishing off opportunities that they, they're actually creating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Should we dive into New Zealand then? Well, let's, yes, let's segue into there. Let me just, um, well, you go first. How, how do you think they went overall? Well, I mean, they, they won the championship, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I, I think they should be happy, you know, coming out on top like that and having some true tests um, yeah. that has exposed some chinks in the black armour, would you say? Yeah. Like, not all their performances <clears throat> were pretty and they, they even lost. So given mm. that we're, what, two years out from, from World Cup, um, we were able to introduce some young guys, yeah. um, also reintroduce some veterans who've been away uh, on their sabbaticals and just trying to build some continuity, playing that beautiful brand of rugby that we know they're capable of, as well as dealing with some real adversity. Uh, yeah, we they, they, they showed it all, didn't they? Mm. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, look, at the, they, had, they had the least amount of people sent off. So even though they had the high, one of the highest penalty counts, and we talked about their discipline being an issue, you know, throughout some of those games, uh, particularly with South Africa. Um, yeah. But yeah, we only had one yellow card and one red, so that, that's not bad, um, considering a lot of guys were getting sent off, you know, around that um, defending their line. That's where it seems to happen in the, in most cases. But yeah, the one red for um, Geordie's boot to Kotobiti's face, and <laughs> <laughs> and one yellow for I think Artie Severe's one. I, I think there. I reckon there was more. Or am I wrong? Maybe these stats are flawed, but it is the Sansa stats, so set me up. But oh, I, I, I was actually, back. yeah, I was really happy with the, the way they played. I'd be pretty stoked if I was um, them. I would have loved the clean sweep, but at the same time, if we're going to lose, I'd rather lose now than a Rugby World Cup final. And, you know, some of those young boys maybe need to feel a loss to motivate them to not lose <laughs> down the track yeah yeah um, there's that leadership group who have been through the disappointment of the 2019 world cup but everyone else that's mm -hmm. there's a lot of young guys in there who all they know is top end super rugby most of them from canterbury yeah. who know how to win um yeah. and who have scored a whole bunch of points against their neighbors in australia so yeah yeah I, ooh, ooh. Overall, it's a pretty successful campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, should we should we move over to the Aussies then? Um, how good were they? They they actually got better as the tournament progressed. Yeah, they were and the, the yeah. Sorry, Craig, you, Craig Cooper yeah. was for me the difference. Like pretty much as soon as he came on, they just became this totally different team, and that's all they were missing was just leadership at number ten. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I love Samu Karimi. Oh, Karimi, Samu Karimi. <laughs> the new ice cream <laughs> line, Samu Karimi, coming out this summer. <laughs> hey man, copyright that shit. <laughs> Samu Karimi. Um, I want me some Karimi this summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now nah, he was awesome to watch. Um, Taniela Tupo, who had his first, <sighs> our first jingle last week, he yeah, was the man. man. I know yeah. I was giving him a little bit of stick earlier on, but... He listened. 
He did. <laughs> Took I think notes everybody we spoke about. <laughs> we, yeah, the very better. next week, they played an absolute blinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Um, who else we got? Um, Callaway was Callaway. the surprise. Oh. Yep. He yep. had the, one of the best <laughs> debut seasons ever. Yeah. And he finished it in style with a hat trick <laughs> against the Pumas. Yep. Um, who else stood up for them? You had uh, Valentini. Valentini oh, yeah. was solid. And yeah. Len Ikitao was solid in, in the centres, you yeah. know, uh, pretty much taking over <laughs> George Tyre's spot, who many thought he was the um, the new wonder kid of Australian rugby. But um, there he is, sat on the bench. So, yeah, yeah heaps of storylines in that, that Australian team. They've, yeah, they got to be pretty stoked with a second place finish, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm actually really stoked for um their coach Dave Rennie, obviously because he's a Kiwi, and you never like to see Kiwis going there to coach them and fail in the likes of Robbie Deans, you know he had such a such a lot of respect coaching in New Zealand, winning titles, and then they go to coach Australia and it just falls apart for them and like destroys their legacy so to speak. But I think Dave Rennie's yeah off to a good start. So I'm looking forward well, to May. That. May it last, eh? Totally, man, totally. Um, and then last but not least, the South Africans. So they left their run a little bit late, I think, eh? Um, to find their identity as they keep describing it. But holy moly, they certainly, certainly found it in that last game against the All Blacks. Yeah. But certainly labelling them as, well, their previous style of play is the most boringest rugby to watch in the world. <laughs> but it shows it doesn't actually win them championships. So there you go. I, I, I To be honest, I think they've got a pretty stunning front office and coaching oh, yeah. uh, set up. These guys aren't afraid to throw the kitchen sink, strategically speaking, and try something new. <laughs> yeah, That first game against the All Blacks highlighted that They've seen something on the tape and they were able to get all their players from 1 to 23 to buy into that slow-paced, grinded-out <laughs> style of, of rugby mm. only to lose, like, heartbreakingly at the end there. Yeah. But they took that they took that, that template and, and built on top of that and came back the very next week and got a famous victory again in, in the dying minutes. Yep. And you just say, are these guys just just planning ahead to the World Cup, unafraid of dropping matches in order to gain more information from both the opposition and their own setup? And I'd have to say, it's it's a bloody masterclass from from their coaching box. Sure, finishing third in the championship is not what they had expected, but yeah. If they if they got their eyes set on a bigger prize, then they're going about it the right way. Totally. Well, I mean, the way they played against the All Blacks in the last game, I think they got the balance right of kicking and running rugby. You know, we talked about them having such a dangerous backline and not being utilised, yeah. and then the following week, following week, they just go bananas on us and put in a an amazing performance. I mean, mm. for for me, if they can actually just start scoring some tries. I mean, they only scored 12 tries in the competition. Imagine them scoring another 10. They probably would have won the competition, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're slotting penalties, and that's how they score a majority of their points. 
and just applying pressure and looking for errors but they just need to convert into some larger sums of points so they can actually you know get away from teams and you know, turn them into wins well what yeah. i see from the south africans is this the sheer determination mm-hmm. not to deviate from their game plan mm. and you have to say like when you hit that 60 minute mark and your lungs are hissing lactic acids have taken over your legs yeah. the first thing like and 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 a, a team like the all blacks score on you and you're down you're down seven or you're down ten it must be must be so tempting to just throw the game plan aside and just try to score points wherever you can but not the south africans eh? they 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 just keep to their they keep to their guns and like and just keep pressing waiting for the other team to make a mistake Mm. and unfortunately for the all blacks it happened in the last match but there's there's some promising signs in the south african setup that's in key positions they have some of the world's best players would you agree yeah i'll put that Lisi and Vermeulen and Etzebet and Diego and I mean in the back line you've got Mapimpi who's world class mm. and Am, Delende I mean Pollard should have played better than he did I thought because I mean he's been around around the around a little while so mm. but then you bring in uh, what's the name Francois uh, yeah. what's his last name? You know, Stain. Stain him yeah. and Yantes so perhaps they just need to well, I mean, they use their bench in terms of the forward pack really well. We saw that in the last game, but yeah, bringing on some of those backs a little bit earlier just to inject some creativity or just something different. Yeah. To just throw the defense off, get some tries going. Cool, man. Um, okay, all right. Well, should we should we actually just go into our Form 15 now and just crack into that? What do you think? I think I think we should do that. How, how, how about we take groupings of oh, yeah, positions like front yeah, row front row locks, second row species. yeah yeah, yeah. Right, well, and, and the other person who doesn't <clears throat> offer up can counter some of the selections yeah, okay. if they're feeling brave to do so okay but i i think given some of the form 15s we've picked in previous weeks i have a feeling that you and i are going to pick very similar players so okay. without further ado ladies and gentlemen let's crack into it scotty who do you have in your front row Oh, you bastard, you picked me first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were segueing yourself into it. <laughs> all right, since I've owned the front row all the way through, let's go. So number one, um, now bear in mind, I've been thinking about consistency and not just like weekly performances. Yeah. Um, so I've gone with uh, number one, Joe Moody. Number two, might surprise you, Malcolm Marks. And number no. three, Taniella Tupo. So where have you gone? I've I've left. You know, Joe Moody was penciled in there, but he never really had any standout performances. And to be honest, you can tell that he's still, you know, he's still warming up and trying to get back to his best form. Yeah. I obviously as a Kiri, love love that choice. Yeah. Um at Hooker, I really can't debate that. This guy's been bloody solid like all competition long yeah. still showing the world that he's amongst some of the top hookers um well, he's still around um yeah 100 and you know their lineouts is a massive weapon and he's a huge part of that um at three 
one of the, probably one of the form players of the tournament and Taniela Tupo, no disagreement there. He's yeah, he's an absolute machine, eh? Love his yeah. play. Yeah. Um yeah. Pretty happy with that uh that setup. Did you yeah. want to have a go with the locks? Because I think you already know where I'm going with those ones. Um Okay, you go first this time. Because I might have one different. Well, okay. I think these two in particular have shown the rugby world that they are now the best locking duo in the world and Ebenezerbeth and Ludiega. Scotty, yeah. Yeah. do you have any counter-arguments to that? I thought you were going to go there and even I automatically went there but I thought, ah, for the sake of an argument, I'll throw in a left field <laughs> option. Oh, go on then. <laughs> so I had, um, yeah, Ebenezerbeth at four but I actually put Scott Barrett at five. And Ooh. I mean, he's like another lock on. I mean, not another lock. He, of course, he's a lock. Um, he's like <laughs> another, like a Lucy. But I yeah. think the difference for me is like he's not tall, so he's he's never going to win the aerial battle. But he's got so much munger and determination that he still contests. I mean, you saw that with that try with Weber in their last game. He shouldn't have got yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, just around the park is his ball skills, and you know, he's got Barrett might. Of course he's, he's got Barrett. Oh, I don't know. He's got to he's got to earn his his, his keep for oh, three okay. weeks in a row. But he must have a little bit of Barrett, Mike, surely. But <laughs> he's a pretty consistent player in general. Yeah. Um, I think his rugby around the park is better than Diego. But um, I'm happy to concede. I just wanted to throw that in there. So maybe as an honourable mention. Honourable mention. That. I no, I rate that Scotty Barrett was um, was my third choice, so I'm not going to argue that. Cool, cool. Okay, the Lucy's now. Oh, this one was very hard. <laughs> so hard. Yeah. So um, I'll let you, I'll let you go because this is going to be so interesting. Okay. So many standouts. Okay. Well, okay. Number six, I went with Sia Khaleesi. Woo! I mean, he he doesn't really skip a beat in a game, and. You know, you need leadership all through the park. But then again, I've gone with Michael Hooper at seven. Oh, two for two. two. Let's leaders. go. And then number eight, I've gone Artie Severe. Let's go. I mean, Lucy go. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, like, let's be honest. These three had an imprint in all the games that they played yep. in. Yep. Like, massive imprint. And you just same. know... <laughs> <laughs> is that the wrong okay wrong word <laughs> okay no, like but like a good imprint you know oh, what yeah, i mean yeah, like yeah. just instrumental in getting their troops around the park making key plays moment momentum shifting plays yeah, i might add fun. and yeah. like you want that not only from your captains but from you know who many would would say that these three are some of the best players in the world. Big time. And I yeah, I can't I can't I can't disagree with that, even though there's so many other players you can you can throw in there. Does well, my you, boy Ethan Blackadder get an uh, honorable mention? Yeah, I was just gonna say <laughs> <laughs> But like not as much of a big impact as, as Khaleesi and Hooper. So like yeah. I, I I'm willing to admit that. Yeah. But Ethan Blackadder, I think a couple of years, he'll be battling these guys for a form yeah. 15 selection. For the sure. only thing missing from him is experience and probably leadership, but his effort on the park is, I think, is pretty on par. 
Man, uh, imagine also, if that guy packed on another five kgs. Whoa. Oh, dude. Oh, oh yeah. dude, watch I was, out. <laughs> I was reading an article um, about Ethan Blackadder and there was a comment saying that um, that guy just goes 100% like everywhere, like even at yeah. training, and he gets in oh, fights right. and arguments and people hate him. And, <laughs> Let's but, and go. then And then they're annoyed when he's not picked in the 23 because they want him on their team. Like, <laughs> how crazy is that? That he's that influential at such an early stage. But cool, man. Nah, but yeah, big future for that guy. Eh? But um, as it yeah. stands, he's not breaking our current Lucy list. No. And three epic leaders in Khaleesi, Hooper, and Savia, who I have as pretty much the player of the tournament. But more on that later. Yep. Cool. Okay. Uh, number nine. This was a tricky one. Um, you, do you want to go for this one? Since I led the last one. Uh, yeah. Number nine. It's got to be. You know, one half of your playmaking machine, and I've gone for South African Faf de Klerk uh, for obvious reasons: box kicking, uh, leading the leading the troops around the pitch, um, and his. You know, for a guy that size, he's got he's got a lot of mongrel. This guy's yeah. tough as nails. Some big um, I love. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about their style of play they um, they've got, but it's mm. you know, at the end of the day. If you've seen some weaknesses and you want to exploit them, this is your man you put out there to execute. So Faf de Klerk is my guy at nine. The man, the man. I think I've been a Faf de Klerk fan since like sure have. the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't sure because, I mean, all I really saw was his box kick. Um, I, I can't say his... Uh, I wouldn't agree that his, I guess, um, leadership in terms of... Like, being an extra playmaker and making the right passes I thought um, Tate McDermott or even TJ Perinal were better in that yeah um, in that area so, uh, McDermott then, was my number two yeah because I, I like McDermott just because he had such an attacking prowess and an ability to, to see space and either well, run it himself and make big plays and big moments mm. so I, I kind of yeah. went with him because I was thinking well uh, yeah box kick made things really hard for that one game but I mean, we can see that scoring tries and scoring points is more important yeah. than a strong box kick. So that's why I went with more of an attacking, youthful nine in Tate McDermott. And look, I'm I'm happy to concede that I had him at number two. Um, yeah, that guy's he's he's special, eh? Oh, big time! Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the um, big surprises coming out of that uh, Australian camp. So there you have it, folks. I've been. What do you reckon, like, you know how you've got the Gregan flick back pass? Do you reckon <laughs> yeah. he's going to have, like, the McDermott snipe? Oh. The, the, the McDermott <laughs> snipe. Oh, you've heard it here first. Wow. I'm hey, going it. back on your point about the Gregan pass, that's made a comeback this season, hasn't it? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> wow. Was there a halfback that didn't pull it off this season? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's weird because you've got the Gregan pass, you've got the Gitto law. Now you're going to have the McDermott snipe. What is it about these Aussies trending in rugby, world rugby? They're just straight up ballers. That's why. Straight up ballers. Hell yeah. So good. No, McDermott, there you go. Number nine. I'm not, I'm not, you know, not, not sad about that, actually. No. Not mad about that. So I, then I bet you, <laughs> did you have his teammate in that uh, number 10? Who do oh, you have? You've got to have a combo, it's got to be a combination. <laughs> Have a yin there, and a yan. We, there we go. Wade Cooper. He, he, let's be honest, he was probably the most like 
um, consistent number 10. Yeah. And yeah. like nine times out of 10, he was given the right pass. Like he was such a big difference for that Aussie team. So he, he really has to make the squad based on his performance. Yeah. I, I I thought long and hard about this one because Richie Moanga had some nice appearances in the beginning of the tournament. Bowden Barrett capping off a really nice game. Unfortunately, didn't get the W, so he was out of my list. And to be honest, I've got Craig Cooper as my number one fly half, so yeah. I'm not yeah I'm not opposed to that at all. Such a beautiful storyline for someone like him who's yeah, found some sort of indication. Mm. Um, that not only does he still have the talent, but you know he can, um, you know, contribute to this team and and get them victories. Two against South Africa were massive. So yeah. there you go. Who do you think wins the Bledisloe if Quade's in there? Oh man, that's oh, tough. That's, that's yeah, well, that that's second tough, game man. we almost let it slip. Yeah, three twenty-two, whatever it was. I you. I want to see that game. I want to see us play against yeah. Quay Cooper led uh, Wallabies. Eh? So, well, let's take away two intercept tries. Or was that in the first game? Uh, that might have been the first game. But then the, they the first game was a blowout. The second one was tight. Eh? Yeah, the second one was tight. There was still an intercept try there as well. So you take that away, game on, and you get the kicks over. And you get the kicks over. More importantly, yeah, oh man. man, it's a totally different ball game. That's that's you know. You got to make that call as a coach. Someone's not performing. You still have the majority of the championship to play out, and you bring in the veteran, masterstroke by, by that team, eh? So, um, shall we move on? Yeah, midfield. Midfield. Oh man, it's it's a it's a Aussie delight at twelve for me, man. <laughs> Jeez, Samu Karevi. This guy is another one of those guys who left the mark, not a stain, on all the games that he played. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's probably one of the standout players against the All Blacks. Three losses against them. It's hard to, you know, sort of get up after after that. But this guy just had a massive motor. Um, well, he's and, come from Japan as well, right? So he's, yeah. And he's played sevens in that time. So you've got those two influences, I think, have elevated his game. And then you got the likes of Quade Cooper on his inside, so. But he was he was he he was running with purpose, eh? And like this type of poise that I don't think I've seen from him before. Someone that size, you just you know automatically think he's just going to crash it up. But this guy's running with a bit more, what's like intelligence? You yeah, know, he's yeah, picking yeah. his lines a lot better. And he's making those runs count, which is the main thing, because he, he just gets maximum gain on those runs. So his experience for me is what uh, really stood out. There really was mm. no other 12 pushing him out of that spot. Would you Would you agree? Nah, nah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. No no other 12 for sure. But like you say, his intelligent running, it was definitely evident. Like It was almost like he was being a bit selfless. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, if, I, if there's a gap, I'm going to take it. But if not, I'm going to try and draw in some defenders and set up my outside yeah. way. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's sort of like Ma'anonu-esque um, style. Mm. It's what made him great and helped him elevate his game. So I'm looking forward to Samu in the next, whatever, couple of years or even in the World Cup. I really hope um, he goes there for them because him and Quaid together oh, and Callaway. Yeah. Oh. Dangerous. Dangerous for sure. Yeah. 
right. Um, so 13. Should I go? Um, okay, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I, I went with Rico. Um, oh! uh, yeah. I didn't know if, if any other 13 stood out in my mind and had so much influence on a game. I mean, Len Iketel's probably up there. Yeah. Um, just into well, he was great in terms of his support play, and he was in the, always in the right place at the right time, and, yeah. and reaping those those benefits. But Rico Yawani, you just can't get away from. I mean, on attack, he's got lightning speed, acceleration. He's got a great fend, and he can bust tackles and get out of situations. And I mean, that try he set up for um, Adi Sevilla in that last game was oh. was everything all packaged in one. <laughs> He's coming. Yeah, he's coming off his wing. Yeah, coming yeah. off his wing to play the, the the position that he wants to play in the midfield and sniffs out that opportunity. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I've but, got Rico as my thirteen as well. well I mean, uh, can we just talk about his defence for a second? I was actually um, breaking down uh, when I was going back and looking at the intercept, one of those intercept tries that Severis got, mm. and yeah. I was watching and I was like, there was actually more um, Aussie attackers in the line than there were defenders. But what Rico did, which is quite subtle, was he raced up and sort of painted that picture that the skip pass was on. Yeah. And so he sort of forced that decision on um, yeah. Lola Seal. I mean, yeah. the, pass was, the, the pass was actually poorly executed, which is one thing. But what he did is he raced up and then he, before the pass was like, even made he'd already started turning around because he could see he was going to go for it and he was ready to you know be a cover defense yeah but having that intelligence to actually i'm going to rush up here and you can see what's going to happen and he foresaw the whole play happening it mm. was just that that um intercept was just um just some stroke of good luck and good skill and vision from severe reese on his outside yeah yeah because i was thinking if if um severe misses that or that pass goes to hand <laughs> it could have been a try on the other end Mm. Yeah, no, I love love everything that I've seen from Rico Ioane this season. Um, I think the main counter argument, not from me, but you definitely get a sense that people still don't know where his best position is. Because um, man, he did some damage out on the wing as well, didn't he? Yeah, I don't even think it matters what position. Just put him at wing yeah. or or centre because he he's shown he's got the ability to switch even mid-game yeah. and yeah. still play great so who cares just yeah. put him on the park we need him on the park <laughs> yeah <laughs> simple as that <laughs> wow I, <laughs> just gonna I say it how it yeah. is <laughs> i can't top that I, put him on the park gents put yeah. him on the park yeah. no. okay do you want to go wingers 100 percent wingers is a combo um, or back three or just how about one I, oh we'll go one at a time eh that, okay. that could make things a lot more interesting although you probably won't be opposed to this pick at the 11 jersey I've gone for the Australian Andrew Callaway breakout mm. season um, this guy's a try scoring machine um, and I've picked him purely because I want to see this guy's game flesh out a bit more he could work sure he could work on his defense a bit but for me, one one of the more um, surprising facets about this Australian outfit, Australian outfit, I should say, um, yeah, this kid is special, way. Eh? So he gets in my, he gets the eleven jersey for me, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally. I think you're right. He needs to be in this team. I've actually put him at fourteen. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So who have you gone for at eleven then? Um, at eleven, I went with Severus. 
Because, I mean, Woo! every time he's on the park, he's scoring tries, he's coming off his wing and, and looking for work and you know, doing even doing the hard yards up the middle, but then scoring the flashy tries on the wing. Like, I, I, I've I got Seve Reese on my other wing, so oh, well, there you go. There you go. We, we've, yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to touch on Seve Reese. Yeah, yeah, you've pretty much nailed it. So do you want to have a go at 15 then? Oh, I think we both know who 15 is. <laughs> we started off with this guy. He got a he got a bloody jingle at the beginning of the episode. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he, <laughs> One of the most influential players in the whole rugby championship. Yeah. Geordie yep. Barrett. Geordie Barrett. Yeah. Hey, bro, here's a little side question for you. Who would you want to rather face? Um, one of the Tui Lange brothers on the wing or Andrew Calloway? Who would you want to try and tackle? That's a weird question. Uh, Andrew Calloway, for sure. I I rate my chances. <laughs> um, do, do I want well, to spend time him. in a hospital? <laughs> it, um, not Manu A. What's his brother's name? The Is boy, it Henry? Henry Tuilangi. Yeah. I was just thinking, yeah, I'm like, be. when I look at those two guys, I'd be like, uh, definitely going for Calloway. And then you yeah. scoring a hat trick. You're like, oh, well, yeah. maybe I should have gone for Henry. I think that you could rephrase the question as like, do you want to be stepped or do you want to get bumped off? <laughs> yeah. and I think like, I'd rather have my ankles broken then. Well, if you like, if you're picking your teams, you know you're doing your plum put, and then you get first selection. <laughs> <laughs> you remember doing that at school, eh? Plum put. That's why I laughed. <laughs> yeah, and like Callaway's last day, like. No offense to the guy, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, was that a anyway. slight reference at Squid Game New Zealand edition? Oh, Squid Game, <laughs> yeah. That's a good program, eh? Oh, so good. So much death. So. <laughs> or Bull Rush. Oh, Commando dangerous. Ball. We should come up with our own games. No, anyway, we're drifting off. To <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've nailed our form fifteen. Should I just recap? Who are we yep. going with? All right, we've got Joe Moody. I think he's still a question mark. We both agree with that. But number one, Joe Moody. Number two, wait, did we stick with Malcolm Mark? You agree with yeah. that, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Three, Taniella Tupo. Four, Eben Itzebeth. Five, Lou Diego. Six, Sia Khaleesi. Seven, Michael Hooper. Eight, Adi Sevier. Uh, nine, Tate yep. McDermott. Ten, Quade Cooper. Eleven, Severis. Doesn't matter, eh? Uh, 12, Samu Karemi. <laughs> um, nah, Karevi. Uh, 13, Rico Ioane. 14, Andrew Calloway. And 15, Jody Barrett. Oh, yeah. Barrett might. Capping off our form 15. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Wow. Um, what a stacked lineup, eh? Totally, bro. And I'm so looking forward to seeing how out of these Southern Hemisphere teams now face off against these Northern Hemisphere teams. After it's watching. not going to be a. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> Who do you reckon is going to be the hardest? I think Wales are the current Six Nations champions, eh? Uh, I think they're Gosh. they're a bit top heavy, eh? At, like if you can just hold out, like in the first half, you can you know the points start flooding in later on in the second, and yeah, we'll probably see that to be honest. Yeah. Um, Maybe maybe if England can shore things up, we might see their, their form pick up in the next couple of years. Yep. But, 
Yeah, we are sounding a bit arrogant down here in the south. If it's not <laughs> if it's not New Zealand, it's Australia. If it's not Australia, it's South Africa. Yeah. But um, that's Who been made? a wonderful advertisement for all forms of rugby, whether it's boring box kicks or high flying um, tries out wide, clutch penalties at the end. What more do you want from your yeah. best players in the world? Well, wouldn't you rather face it now as well? Like all those different types of game plans? You need a gauge where you're yeah. at, so you're 100% right. Yeah, it's only going to get us in a, in a better position in two years' time. But yeah, I kind of, I haven't actually watched a lot of Northern Hemisphere international rugby, to be honest. So a lot of my thoughts will be based on the Rugby World Cup. But yeah, I mean, well, England made the final. France is always New Zealand's bogey team. And they're always hard to yeah. play, the French. You just never know what you're going to get on the day. Oh, so. well, we'll spend a bit of time on that chat when we play them, eh? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to um, the All Blacks playing um, the USA Eagles. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that team develop over the next five to ten years. I think with the Major League Rugby set up, it's going to be, um, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, give it time, eh? Yeah, what do you um what do you think about their um their draft sort of style or even their setup? Do you know their structure at all? Uh, I haven't. No, I'd have to have a look at it. Eh? Well, they they kind of set it up like American football. So they got their grassroots, and then they got their club, and then they got their like colleges. They got a college okay. league, and yep. um and then the colleges obviously get the players get drafted into you know their um professional outfits. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I know the NBA and the NFL draft system quite well. Um, yeah, I, that's that's quite interesting. What does yeah. it mean then for imports? Do they have to go spend some time in college first? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I, I don't really, I don't think so. Maybe for young players, because okay. I was thinking like, man, that's going to be. I mean, once you know the USA Eagles get up and running, that's going to be quite a draw card for some players who I don't know. Maybe think they're not going to make the All Blacks but they've got a chance to play professional rugby and go get a really good education because it's quite different to our setup here where we've got our academies doing majority of the work but I mean they're on like what 30 grand um, a year contracts so they've yeah. still got to work a part time job to, to stay afloat but I mean, you mean but there's also that stigma of oh man I get to go to America and live in America you know like every Kiwi like looks at America and it's like yo everything's big and cool and Hip. On your on your day off, just casually watch, you know, the bloody Golden yeah. State Warriors or oh, the time, go, go, go or like, catch the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Oh, you like, know, like come go on, to the bro. Grand Canyon or pop over to Las Vegas or, or walk through <laughs> Madison Square Garden or the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, go check out Central such Park. A, such a draw card. I mean, you know, the the really only the only pathway previously is through basketball or football, but we don't really play. Yeah. NFL here we do but we don't play it to that level so there's not a lot yeah. of opportunities if, mm. and um, what was the other one I said um, football football no not football the other one come on mate what did I just say I can't really remember anyway <laughs> um, yeah so I'm, I'm yeah really intrigued to see what that does actually for for New Zealand even Aussies and potentially I don't know about South Africans but maybe South Africans because you know, they've got a lot of domestic issues, so you know, any chance to get offshore and out yeah. of that, 
environment, yeah. um, maybe they'll take that too. But mm-hmm. you just don't know because you've you've currently got Japan rugby, you've got the the Pro 14 in France, you've got you know the UK. They're all draw cards in their own right, but players aren't leaving. So hopefully the um, the jersey is going to be enough to keep players around and wanting to play you know top top level rugby. Yeah. Before we move on, I just want to like flick back to the rugby championship just quickly in regards to the All Blacks. Now, do you feel as though there are some players that deserve to be in that squad that perhaps won't? Now Uh, that we're looking at about two years out of the World Cup and all those games exposed. Um, a few weaknesses in, in our team. Is there um, any any players in particular you'd like to see, or who at least deserves, yeah, deserves to be in the squad for flexibility? Um, hmm. let me think about this. I think we could probably do better in the in one of the prop department. Uh. I mean, Cody, I mean, Cody, I mean, one of those All Blacks hookers could probably make this team. I mean, but they, Ooh. but they actually split up the All Blacks like hooker, yeah, like quite evenly. Because you had Tokiaho who played really well, and he made our form fifteen, and then you had Asafa Almua who then came on and played awesome, and, and, and played then you had awesome, Cody man. Taylor who was like scoring like doubles and yeah. Like, so they, mm. yeah, they played amazing. Then you got Falau Fainga, like that guy got better as well as the competition went on. Yeah. So there's there's four really good hookers. I mean, even the um the Argentinian hooker, he could probably make this team because he was a good I, I, player. I put him down actually. That guy was bloody in the nitty gritty in every single game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He definitely left his mic. Well, he stood out in a, in a team that's yeah. on the back foot all the time. And yeah. That's hard to do, man. That's one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you need some of those leaders who are bloody dealing with you know just wave and wave of like adversity and someone's going to make a play and he did not once but many times so Mm. i probably should have put up an argument there um but he's yeah he's world class that guy i like him a lot i probably would have um potentially conceded but you know there you go too late i like malcolm marx to be honest so i'm not uh yeah not too fast i mean pablo matera could potentially get an honorable mention um, he, he was giving 100% in every game you saw that you know mm. he was one of the top runners he was making the most tackles um, he was good over the ball um, so he, he was an influential player for them as well um, Carrera the, the fly half slash winger he was the one um, who was the, the young fellow right? who was thrown in number 10 yeah, yeah. he was yeah. pretty good Bolatelli on the wing pretty- oh, Boffelli not Bolatelli <laughs> He's an Italian football player, wrong guy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, like for players that I reckon deserves a shout in the squad, um, I have to I have to be honest here and say that the midfield is a problem area for us and we keep uh, yeah, we, we've seen that time and time again. 
we still have no answer for the rush defense, and it all breaks down. It all clogs up, I should say, mm. just in that midfield. So I don't know how they want to address it. One way that's worked in the past and works really well for us is to have a, a ball running, fere, fearsome ball runner at the number 12 jersey. Oh, I just God. don't think. Yeah. And we still haven't answered that question ever since Ma'anonu has retired. Um, yeah, Laumapia, unfortunately, he's gone off. I really liked his game. Um, so he's playing in the Pro 14, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and I don't think Havili's there yet. I just, he's tough, but he's more of a finesse skill player, mm. playmaking second five. Yep. One person who you can easily slot in there is the Wellingtonian Peter Umaga Jensen. Now, mm. I don't know if you caught that game in the weekend against Canterbury. Went into extra time, and this is one of those guys, uh, Umaga Jensen, who was who left his mark all over that game, scored the winning try, but did so much good work throughout the, the initial 80 minutes. Mm. Have you had the chance to check this guy out? He's been called into the squad before. Yeah. I just don't think the New Zealand um, midfield stock has enough, like, big ball runners at that position yeah. he's one guy who definitely can fill it and he could do it quite well we saw that against Canterbury uh, mm. last weekend awesome game by the way yeah well he's, he's leading the competition in uh, clean breaks isn't he um, Peter Umaga Jensen so. I think so yeah and he scored two tries in that game one off a Canterbury mistake and a severe you know regather and offload and then yeah uh, another great run by the, the halfback to score the winner but Guys like that who are stepping up in the big moments, and Canterbury is a big team, yeah, and man. you need big moments and guys to step up um, to win those types of games. Um, he was your man on that mm. night. Yeah. But, he could um, be quite an interesting combination with Rico Ioana. You got muscle and finesse and speed. That's just scary. Yeah. Well, when he played for the All Blacks, he had a great game. Yeah. I didn't think he played awful. He made a, a good break and yeah, um, yeah did, did nothing wrong. Um, yeah, I, d- I just think maybe they were thinking, well, Haveli's a bit more, um, like a bit more of a utility option. Leonard Brown's been there for a while, so he knows the systems, and we know play. He do- actually does play well when he gets good minutes. Um, yeah, you got Rico to slot in there as well. Uh, do we have any other? Oh, you've got Braden Enor, which uh, I don't know why he gets in the team. He hasn't played for a while. He's been injured. Yeah, uh, I think Umaga Jensen. Maybe should have got the chance over him, but I don't know. Yeah, oh, look, Brandon Enor will will get his will get his time soon enough. He's yeah, that guy's he's pretty special as well. I, I like his mm-hmm. game plan a lot, but you know when when teams look at the the tape against against South Africa, they're just gonna know uh, notice that the the rush defense works quite well. I don't think. A crash ball and second five is the be all end all solution to that, but it is a step in the right direction, don't you think? Yeah. So, I was, yeah. I was just thinking yeah. that because if you got Akiri Yoane or Adi Savera on the field, could you just use them crashing at midfield instead of that number 12? And yeah. Perhaps if the, if the D's actually is coming up pretty quick, you've always got the option of giving it out the back and keep the play going. And that's how you can utilize their skills a bit better. 
Because mm. mm. it's, it's yeah. really just creating space and, and giving you more time on the ball because the opposition's closing it and we're trying to play the same game, but we don't have the muscle to deal with it and, <laughs> and get, keep our team going forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just look at someone like Nonu. I mean, we probably won't see another player like that ever again who was a traditional, like, one-dimensional sick and five, right? Mm. No other job but to just hit it up. But he overcame some adversity early in his career, uh, obviously got dropped from the All Blacks and yeah. knew right then and then he needed to add some more tools to his toolbox, and boy, did he do that. I'm just wondering, do we invest that amount of time in a in a second five who can add another dimension? Mm. But we'll have to wait and see. Peter Umanga Jensen, yeah, for me. Okay, cool. So I think we'll um, we'll leave it there. But man, I was really impressed with this rugby um, championship. Uh, like we mentioned before, I love the double headers. I love the quality of the rugby, the the difference in style of rugby. Um, there was a lot of debates. We talked about the different storylines and some of the comebacks and, um, you know, youth versus experience. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so, nah, such a cool rugby championship and it was um, it was actually a really good way for us to actually launch this podcast and, and you know, find our feet and, and get us going. So, yeah, do you want to sign out as well, Felix? Do you have any final thoughts? Um, nothing really to add to that um, besides the fact that I can't wait to the next uh, rugby tournament wherever that may be yep. we'll be ready alright well without further ado we'll see you all next time sweet thanks for listening Catch bye you later. now bye <laughs>